0: everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 55. It's now been 19 weeks exactly since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is really an exciting day for me. It is the double nickel episode. That's right, 55. And it is today, June 16th, 2014 for me and I realize that some of you Brave Companions are actually listening to this show maybe months or years behind me (laughs) but today is June 16th, exactly 19 weeks and I'm maintaining my steady weight between 207 and 208 and You know I've been this weight for quite some time and in the past I would have been kind of upset over that but today not at all. And that's going to be part of my topic at the end of the show is how I'm doing with intuitive eating, how is it changing my attitude and how am I learning how hungry I am. When we come back from listening to the inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, we're going to have more about intuitive eating, welcoming to new listeners, a great big bravery report today and I'm going to talk about my therapy from last episode and some comments from Cheryl and Stephanie that really made me think so stay tuned listen to Josh and we'll be right back
1: but I'm letting go. silent wind that never really blows. I'm letting go.
0: Oh, thank you, Josh. I love to listen to that every single time. I really do. Because just telling myself, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, kind of brings things to my mind. And I started out this show thinking, oh, I know what I'm gonna let go of today. I'm going to let go of letting scale numbers control how I feel. And that is true. I am going to do that. And I'm also going to try to let external things leave my mind. You know, external items of success or external events outside of myself are all information. They are not the be-all, end-all that define me for who I am or how I'm doing. Because I don't want to be scared of getting information like how the podcast is doing I don't want to be scared of getting information by, like, what does the scale say? I don't want to be scared of getting feedback, like if a brave companion gives me constructive criticism. I don't want to be scared of feedback anymore. So I'm letting go of my fear of that because any and all information is interesting and valuable as a curiosity. And it's up to me to think about how true is this for me? Does the fact that I weigh over 207 pounds really mean that I'm bad? Does it really mean I'm unacceptable? Does it really mean my body is completely unhealthy? Is that true? Well, there's some pluses or minuses to that weight. Granted that. But overall, I'll give you a preview that my blood work is still good. I have high energy. I'm able to do what I need to do as long as I don't injure myself. More on that later. So... I also feel really, really good in my body. I have very high energy right now. So no, that isn't necessarily true. And whether or not iTunes ranks my show as number one show in the world or the last show in the world, that also really doesn't matter to me. What matters is, do I feel good having this show? Do I feel good interacting with the Brave Companions? Do I feel like it's doing good and it's worthwhile for me? then that's the answer, more later. So one of the things I've been working on in therapy and through doing this show is trying to get more in touch with what do I feel inside, who am I inside, turning myself away from being a chameleon. Because I know when I first started, I shared with you all how I felt like a bloody chameleon. Uh, sorry, UK people, like I said in the USA, and bloody it isn't nearly as shocking as, as maybe saying it for you. But I felt like a chameleon. Wherever I was, whatever people were doing, whoever I was with, whatever their opinion, I would kind of change myself like a pretzel so that I would meet their expectation. Because meeting the expectation of others was way more valuable to me than my own expectation. In fact, I spent my life doing that so much, being such a people pleaser, that I really had no clue what I was without having someone to please. Does that make sense? I like water without a glass. You know, if you take a pitcher of water, you can pour it in a square glass, a squat glass, a tall glass, a martini glass, and the water will take on the shape of the container. And that's kind of how I felt like I was. I was a bunch of water that was being poured into different containers and changing my shape and form depending on what was valuable. So I'll tell you honestly, I have many friends who have political views very different from mine and religious views, very different from mine. Almost every view that you can think of, I have friends and acquaintances and family members who have views on any topic that are different from mine because there is nobody in the world that is identical to me in form, thought, function, spirit. So even if we were best of friends and had a very similar background, we would still have at least one topic where we would have differing views. So if I let myself feel bad because I feel differently than what someone else feels, particularly someone that I love and respect, I would continually feel bad about myself. Hey, here's a clue. I have in the past felt continually bad about myself and felt like I need to hide everything I really think. Now, I'm not going to use this podcast as a means for spouting out any of my political, religious, or other views. That I don't find to be to the point. I really dislike having big debates with people, too. My husband kind of likes that. He likes to like push and debate with folks and, and discuss the issues. For me, I like to listen to other points and think about these points and maybe bring up something that these points make me think about, but I am very, very, very uncomfortable when someone is trying to push their point of view on me or to change my mind through their facts and figures like a lawyer might do. That kind of pushes me away and I try not to do that back. Now I do share my opinions when asked and I don't lie about my opinions when asked but I am pretty sensitive not to go spouting my opinions or to cause a controversy because I don't find that enjoyable. I do feel much more that I have strength of my own convictions just in, you know, as we said, these kind of external topics, like if I was filling out a questionnaire of what do you think, what do you believe, how important is X, Y, Z on a scale of 1 to 10 to you. I feel comfortable in myself how I feel about that. What I'm really not comfortable with as yet, as I said, is having debates with people about how I feel because in the past... Maybe because of my people-pleasing tendency, I would take a debate with you as you're trying to change me, and I would kind of rebel against that, and I would feel then less close with you, like, oh no, I don't match up with you in our religion, or I don't match up with you in our politics, or I don't match up with you in a strong held belief that you have, and therefore I cannot be close with you in love and respect. I feel differently from that now. I feel that I can love and respect people who hold different views from me. Now if they are doing something that I find very wrong in a, in a moralistic way against my morals, I may not like that, okay, I may not like that, but in most cases I can also see where maybe what they're doing is not wrong. From their set of morals, and that's for them to decide. But if their morals and my morals are so different that my agreeing to their actions would then impact how I feel about myself then I will either have to agree to disagree or move on or limit that relationship. I hope this is all making sense. But this is how I'm kind of thinking through the boundaries that I have with relationships and how I can let you be you and still have love and regard for you and in the hopes of meeting people that will allow me to be me, to feel how I feel and to say how I feel and not try to change me into something that I'm not. And I think this is really, really tricky and really, really hard because how do we go from being authentically honest without being browbeating and intrusive onto other people's thoughts and beliefs? And when is it time to speak up and when is it time to hold your tongue? All of this is very confusing to me. So I hope, like right now, I might have offended some of you without knowing it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know it all. If I have, I apologize for that because it's not my intention. Now I'm apologizing not because I think I've done anything wrong, but just if I cause any of you hurt in any way, I am sorry for that in an empathetic manner because the last thing on earth I ever want to do is cause the brave companions any pain. Speaking of you wonderful Brave Companions, I wanted to welcome our newest Brave Companion and listener, Tove, who posted to us on day six. Hi Lori, I found your podcast a week or so ago searching on iTunes. I finally had a chance to listen today. I actually listened to the first six in a row. I wanted to say thank you. I can relate to so much of what you are saying. Thank you for putting it all out there. I really never knew anyone felt the same way I did. You give me a lot to think about and reflect upon. Looking forward to catching up over the next week or so. Tove. Well, Tove, I want to welcome you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to come and post your hello on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com day six. And so you other brave companions out there, it'd really be cool if you could take a moment, stop by page six, I mean day six, and say hello and welcome Tove yourself. I'll also put a link to her comment on today's show notes, day 55. And while we're on the topic of worldview and what you think and assumptions that you make, I want to give a belated thank you and shout out for the reviews in the international iTunes stores. International to me, home sweet home to you. So let me explain. I live in the United States of America, USA, the good old U.S., Stars and Stripes, Uncle Sam. So I'm guilty of thinking about my world from being centered in the United States of America, right? Well, in the iTunes world, there is a local store for almost every country. So in the U.K., you have a different iTunes store than I do in the U.S. In Canada, different. France, different. India, different. Now, I'm mentioning all these different countries because Compulsive Overeating Diary is actually in, like, I don't know, 85 different countries. And the top 10 are, like, Canada, the UK, New Zealand, Australia, I think even Japan, all right? So the reason I'm telling you all this is you guys have heard me give shout-outs as people give me rankings and reviews and things to help me out on iTunes. But there are some of you that I haven't thanked because it did not even occur to me to go look or how to find your country's iTunes to see if you had stopped by to give me a rating. The first time I thought of it was when dear Stephanie from Quebec said, I'm going to give you a review on iTunes. And I thought, well, that's really cool. But then I got to thinking, wait a minute, Stephanie's in Canada. My iTunes is in the US. How would I ever see what Stephanie had to say about <laughs> Compulsive Overeating Diary? So that made me research the topic and I realized that I can change the country view on my iTunes program to look at the different countries. Now there are so many countries. I'm probably not going to be lurking around looking at all of the countries to see if there's any review for me. But the ones I did look at, I wanted to give some thanks. In Canada, besides the review from Stephanie, I also saw what I assume is the one from Kendra's husband because the last names seem similar. That. Was left last March. So, Kendra, if that was you and your husband, thank you so much. I also saw another encouraging comment from a listener in Canada whose screen name is Into the Pavement. So, whoever you are, Into the Pavement in Canada, I also want to thank you, and I'm sorry that I didn't know about this earlier, but I very much appreciate it because the ranking in iTunes for every country is dependent on those reviews and on how many listeners are, are clicking on those links and subscribing in iTunes. And I don't know for a fact that the different countries are as important as they are in the U.S. for iTunes, but whatever it is, to rise in the rankings in iTunes stores cannot but help new listeners and new Brave Companions find us. So I really appreciate anybody who takes time to like Compulsive Overeating Diary, who posts reviews or likes or anything in any place that you listen to it because it helps us find new companions. I also dropped into the UK store because that's in one of my top 10 and I saw a very nice comment pretty recently from a listener in Scotland who goes by Four in the Floor. So. Miss or Mr. Four in the Floor, thank you so much for your encouraging comment and I look forward to learning who you are maybe. I don't know, but I do thank you. In the Australian store there was a comment by Maria and I want to thank you for that and your five star review way back in April. So, Brave Companions, as you can see I've learned a big lesson that the US is not the center of the world just like I'm not the center of the world. I've also learned that brave companions from all over the world are very kind to me and take the time to give me encouragement. And I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And now it's time for the bravery report. Ta-da, ta-da. And first up is something I am really, really excited about. When I was bike riding, I checked my phone, and I saw that I had an email from the contact form on Compulsive Overeating Diary. And guess who it was from? It's from a lady named Stephanie aus Deutschland. That's right, Stephanie from Germany wrote me via the contact form. I since emailed her and got her permission to read her letter and after I read it you will know why I'm putting Stephanie aus Deutschland on the bravery report. And by the way, danke Stephanie dafür dass ich ihren Brief gelesen. I'm thanking Stephanie for allowing me to read her letter. Dear Lori, I just wanted to drop you a quick message and say hi. I found your podcast about two weeks ago and I have listened to all episodes up to episode 33 so far. You have helped me so much by just being honest and sharing your experiences. I have a problem with binge eating and exercise bulimia and I only admitted that three weeks ago after I had a somewhat surprising nervous breakdown at my GPs about it. I'm going to start therapy next Monday and I really hope it will help. However, after acknowledging I actually had an eating disorder, rather than telling myself I was just pathetic and useless because I couldn't just stop eating, I started looking for podcasts and I found yours. I can relate to so many things you say and it makes me feel like I am not crazy or alone. I listen to you every day. I have great respect for what you're doing and I don't think you have the faintest idea how many people you must be helping. I haven't been since, one, I admitted I had a problem And two, I found your podcast. When I get edgy, I usually go for a walk and listen to one of your episodes. Sometimes they make me think, sometimes they make me laugh, but they always make me feel like I am not alone. I am not overweight, so people have never taken me seriously. When I listened to an episode where you pointed out that just because you aren't fat doesn't mean you don't have an eating disorder, I finally felt understood. So, truly, thank you, and I hope to hear much more from you. I am glad you are experiencing personal success from podcasting, and you are absolutely right in that you were born to do this. Please don't stop. Greetings from Germany. Loved your German song, by the way. Your pronunciation was excellent, so don't worry about that. And that was uh, Brave Companions on my Vegas episode on Day 16. I actually sang a, a German song in honor of my dad, who... His dad came from Germany, and my dad loved to speak German because his beloved grandmother spoke only German to him. So my dad was very, very interested in German language, and his greatest delight was hearing my brother or myself (laughs) speaking German. Also, I wanted to let you brave companions know that the episode that Stephanie's talking about, where I talk about your size isn't indicative of that your size is not indicative of whether or not you have an eating disorder, was on day 18. And I'll put links to both 16 and 18 on today's show notes. But also, one reason I sang that song, because new brave companions who haven't gone back in time and listened to the past might not know this, but I had a really debilitating fear of singing in public. I have since now sang a few times to you on this podcast, and I'm getting over that debilitating fear, but I was so desperate at wanting a Brave Companion to call the bravery hotline. I just so wanted to hear from you. I wanted to hear the voice of Brave Companions, and I know this is really, really tough for Brave Companions to call me up on the phone or give me audio, and nobody had done it. So I said, okay, you guys, If anyone will call me and say anything on the Bravery Hotline, I will actually sing a song. And then Janet called me up and sent me encouragement for the show. And so I went ahead and sang this German song that my dad had taught me. And so this episode 16 is a milestone in my heart because it was the first time I heard the voice of you guys. And it's the first time you guys got to hear me sing, which was a big deal for me. So speaking of the bravery of Janet and my bravery in singing, also on today's bravery report is our new listener and brave companion, Lisa from Boston, who called the bravery hotline after listening to day eight, where she says hi and gives us her book recommendation. So here is our newest brave companion, Lisa from Boston.
1: Hi, Lori. This is Lisa calling from Boston, Massachusetts. I just finished listening to um, Diary Day 8, and I think your podcasts are fantastic. Um, I love to listen to your voice, and I I love the music, too. I wanted to tell you I think you're very brave, and what you're doing is wonderful. I Certainly can appreciate so much of what you're going through, and I am about at week three of my own, um, my own journey as well. I will wanted to mention there's a book that I've been reading. It's called Eating in the Light of the Moon, and I think it's a really good book. I'm you know at like page eighty or something, so it's something you might want to take a look at as well. It helps me think about. Um, eating and the feelings that I'm not feeling when I go to eat, so thinking about what kind of hunger do I have, because maybe there's 12 different kinds, so anyway, I found that book useful, so I thought I would pass that along as well, Um, and I just wanted to say hi and thank you, okay, bye.
0: Thanks, Lisa, for giving us a call and telling us how you liked Eating in the Light of the Moon. This is a book that was recommended to me by Kendra, who I have now dubbed the official podcast librarian, because she has excellent books all the time. And Eating in the Light of the Moon, I recommend without hesitation to all of you, because it's really not about any kind of eating methodology or eating style or anything like that but more about how we inside, particularly as women, if as women feel in the greater society about ourselves, our body, our intuition, our spirituality, things like this. And she does all of this by comparing international fables and folk tales to how we deal with food and each other. And as I said, even for Stefano, If you're a guy and you like fables and you like thinking about spirituality, this is also a book that might be interesting to you, though I will warn you that it is from the feminine point of view. So if you don't wanna see everything talking about the goddess and the, the feminine mystique and that kind of thing, then it might not be your cup of tea. But I absolutely love this book and I'm so happy to hear that Lisa, who's a new listener and has not heard us talk about it before, spoke up and said she, too, loves eating in the light of the moon. Lisa, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Brave Companions, and I look forward to hearing more from you. And please feel free to comment on our show notes and get to know us better. Now, I offered to sing a song when I wanted somebody, anybody, to call the Bravery Hotline. And I'm not going to offer to do anything outside of tell you all my feature that I posted last episode, Foolish Fun. I really, 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 really want you Brave Companions to call the Bravery Hotline or find some way to send me your audio of a joke, whistling playing kazoo, any silly thing that is totally non-threatening to you that would be fun for me to hear that I can put in this feature, I'm asking you if you can tolerate it at all to please do so. And to make it even easier, The resource of the day I put down on day 54 and I'll put the link again on day 55 is a link to my website for kids that I used to run called Tuna Cats Kids Club and as part of Tuna Cats Kids Club I had a page where kids would send me their favorite jokes and riddles and they're all pretty funny. So if you can't think of anything to say, go click the link, visit my old site Tuna Cats Kids Club, look at the joke page, it'll take you right to the joke, pick one. Call the bravery hotline, say it to me, and I'll put it on the show. And by the way, you don't even need to say your name. You can say, for example, hi Lori, I'm a bravery, hi Lori, I'm a brave companion, and I'm going to tell you this joke. That's all you need to say. If you feel comfortable saying your name, great. But this isn't about dealing with our hidden dark issues. This is about the joy of sharing the act of small bravery to come out of the shadows and let your voice be heard. Even if we don't know it is your voice, you will know it's your voice. And when you hear it, you will feel brave. I promise you, you will feel brave. speaking of bravery, I was terrified when I did episode 54 because I was kind of spilling my guts a little bit about some of my own particular issues that I am working on in therapy. I went back to therapy last week and I'm going to go for the foreseeable future. I'm finding my therapy very, very useful but that was scary, and I had to do one heck of an editing job because as personal as episode 54 is, you should have heard the stuff that was in there before I took it all out editing and made it all go together because I really wanted you guys to get an authentic feel for the kinds of issues that I'm dealing with to just sort of be a case study for you of somebody who's going to therapy and dealing with eating issues and dealing with life issues, but I really didn't want to... Uh, hurt the privacy of some of the people involved with my issues or my own privacy or to implicate my therapist in anything that I had to say. So that was a pretty tricky episode. But I was pretty happy with how it turned out. And Stephanie and Cheryl both noticed something when they heard episode 54. It really gave me a lot of food for thought. And so I wanted to read you some of that comment and then what I came up with as a response to them because I thought it was a pretty good conversation. So this is Stephanie and Cheryl and me on my thought about robot aliens as protectors from my therapy on day 54. We'll start with Stephanie's comment. I might be a little off this episode's topic, but the thing that struck me the most about this episode was the fact that you mentioned twice that the robot aliens were protecting you. I think that choice of words is very, very significant. I don't know if you did it consciously or not, but it seems to reveal an evolution in the way you perceived the robot aliens. At the beginning, they were controlling you and they were little enemies. Now it seems like they are more viewed as part of your coping mechanisms and that in some way they helped you. Maybe not with your physical health, but with your mental health. All of this may be a little far-fetched and esoteric, but I guess that in some way, if you look at all of this with a yin-yang point of view, it's all about balance. The robot aliens played a role while you weren't ready to deal with all of this. Now that you are, they slowly go away. Maybe part of the process involves learning to love our robot aliens and stop fighting them. That thought applied to my life gave me great soothing and inner peace. I hope it does for you, too. Then Cheryl replied, Heaven, Stephanie, I noticed that, too. I didn't quite understand what had happened to change your opinion of the robots. Terrific observation. And you're right. It's a very hopeful step. Wow. Great companions. I, I really was taken aback. I said, you know what? They're right. In this episode, I'm talking about the robot aliens as protectors. So I gave that a long thought before I wrote this comment. Hey Stephanie and Cheryl, thanks for pointing this out. It shows progress for me. I've known for some time and have mentioned from time to time that the robot aliens were invited by me to protect me from feeling what I don't want to deal with, but I've been mad at them myself for my not being able to deal without them. I have also until very recently felt that my extra body fat was a big problem. I no longer feel this way, truly. My behavior around relationships is my true problem. I cover up my fear and worry with self-loathing because that gives me an illusion of control. It explains everything. If I am fat and bad, that's why even when I was thin, it wasn't thin enough. I still felt the siren call of fat is the reason for all disappointments and why anyone in my life did not love me. Even if they did love me, I could not let it in. I didn't know what love felt like in my body. Except for my cats, I could always feel the warm, purring love as my cats would pat my face, perk up when I entered the room, and gaze into my eyes as if I was the answer to life's reason. I felt that for my grandpa, too, but he died when I was fairly young. But for many reasons, I developed coping mechanisms to push everyone away, the robot aliens being one of them. They were my protectors, my friends. They colluded with me that it wasn't my choice all along, and they still stay by my side, ready for action, until one day I will, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, kiss them on the cheek and say, I'll miss you most of all. When I am ready, the robot aliens will be ready to say goodbye, and in a weird way, that will break my heart. But with you Stephanie, and you Cheryl, and Sue, and Michelle, and Michelle Mack, and Ava, and Maddie, and Kendra, and Millie, and Crystal, and Jody, and Sandy, and Cheryl, and Abby, and Stephanie, and Lisa, and Janet, and all of the other brave companions, the private companions who've never let me say their name, the public companions from the past, the ones who are active in present, and those of you who will become more active in future, with all of your help, I will be ready to click my heels together and find my way back home. So brave companions, if I did not say your name, it does not mean that I don't love you and care about you too. But my mind at the time I was writing was just flooded with all of the people who have stood by me through this journey, either the entire journey or for part of the journey or made comments in public or private to me that impacted my life and helped me along. And I'm hoping that this podcast is also helping you along your journey. Before we go, I did want to tell you how I'm doing with intuitive eating and this is a book that Kendra also recommended and this one you may or may not be ready to participate in, but I do recommend it even just to read it, to think this idea. Now, if you're not ready to let go of the idea of dieting, this is a very challenging book to read. Because the basic premise is that your body knows what it needs to eat and that dieting is harmful to that communication between you and your body. that is a route to a lot of our binge and other eating issues is when we interfere externally by saying, oh, I know how many calories I need to eat or I need how many carbs I need to eat or I'm not going to eat until 10 o'clock in the morning or I'm not going to eat after six o'clock at night. Whenever we put an external framework around how we're going to be eating, that interferes with us learning or relearning what our body does to signal us that we're hungry or that we're full. It also has a premise that there is no forbidden food of any type in all the world. If all you want to do is eat ice cream, eat ice cream. And that can also be very challenging for those of us who have a lot of built-in food regulations or opinions or thoughts about good foods or bad foods. And I will be absolutely 100% honest with you, if you go back and listen to day one, I admit to you all that I was on a diet, I was counting my calories, and I was trying to lose weight. And I was, because my trigger for wanting to deal with my eating was not really me recognizing the pain inside that I was having, where I was pushing people away again with my weight and my binge behavior. I had not yet come to the point where I recognized that fact. I just knew I was fatter. I weighed more than I wanted to weigh, and I recognized that as the cause of my pain. So in order to lose weight, if that's your goal, you know, no matter what, to lose weight, you need to eat a little less than you are burning. Now, I didn't go on a drastic calorie, calorie reduction plan. I went on an extremely moderate calorie reduction plan. And I didn't get into exercise bulimia like I've done in the past. I just exercised as much as my body could tolerate and just tried to become more active in life and to build up my muscles slowly and do things I really enjoy like bike riding and by hiking. And I lost weight that way. But soon into my show, I was worried about it. I did do a show, I can't remember which week, about the balance between dieting and getting over binge eating, because I knew from experience and from every expert that I'd ever talked to or read about that dieting is like the arch nemesis of dealing with binge eating. It can really trigger binging either now or in future when you diet, and I know that for me to be true. So I was really on the fence. What am I going to do? Because I want to lose some weight. I feel too fat, I'm uncomfortable, but I also hate these robot aliens making me binge all the time. I really hate that. So maybe if I podcast my thoughts and feelings, I can take some of the sting out of it, and the robot aliens will go away, and I will be able to stick to my diet more easily. Because even then, Brave Companions, I had in my mind that it was the binge eating that was keeping me from losing weight, from keeping me from being able to eat a sensible diet plan. I really had not yet accept the idea for myself that maybe these two were more closely related than I gave it credit for, that maybe the binge eating was to protect me or that the binge eating and the dieting had a cause issue for me. And I've been doing a lot of experimentation and just, you know, trying things and writing down to see what happens and paying attention to how I feel and going back and listening to old episodes to see how things impact me and I must say that the intuitive eating book that Kendra recommended everything I learned reading the book pretty much was just reinforcement for for conclusions I had already come to through my years of observation of myself and the breakthroughs that I have been making by identifying and telling you my feelings, this book just reinforced this journey for me so that I now feel that my weight, my body weight is not my problem at all. It might be a physical impediment to some things but my weight and my body type is not my problem. My real problem, as I said in the comment, is my relationships and how I have learned to deal with life and how I've been hiding my own feelings and how I've been hiding communicating my truth in a a good way. I didn't have the tools to deal with my life away from my eating. And now if I take a rational view of what is my body type, when I look at both sides of my family, I see that we are bigger than the norm. And I had relatives who did not have compulsive overeating. They were intuitive eaters, and they worked hard on the farm, and they, they just have bigger bodies than some people, especially here in America by Hollywood and by the standards of today. Now, I'm also someone who's really kind of screwed with my metabolism by dieting continuously as a yo-yo dieter from the time I was 5 years old until I was 55 years old. So, I have 50 years of binging and dieting and limiting and restriction and doing things that my body can interpret as a signal to slow down my metabolism. In addition to that, by age 45, that means my metabolism is anyway less than it would have been at 35 or 25 and so forth. And who knows the absolute 100% truth? but it matches my observation of with hormonal differences at age 55, how the weight has shifted on my body, the lack of muscle tone that I used to enjoy, how much harder it is for me to get my muscles back, You know, just like how easy it is for me to hike. So I don't know what my body's gonna turn out to be, but I do know that as I get in tune with feeding my body what it wants to eat, I feel, for the first time, really, really good from an energy perspective inside my body all day long. I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel overfull. I don't feel starving. I don't feel worry. If we're taking the strict body point of view, I feel really, really good. And how good I feel in my body is worth it to me if my body wants to weigh 207 for the rest of my life. I honestly, for real, am at peace with that. There is a possibility, because I've been a compulsive overeater, that I am eating more than what my body wants to be. And if that's true, then the better I get in tune With my body's own appetite, that means I will eventually lose some weight. If, however, I am in tune with what my body wants me to eat, given the exercise and genetics and the body that I have, I might be here at 207 forever. I don't know. That's kind of distressing to my logical mind because I still have dreams of it would be nice to be thin one more time and have an easy time buying clothes and sitting in the airplane seat in coach a lot easier than I do. But the emotional freedom that I'm enjoying and my attention to my health and my attention to my energy level and my attention to how does my body feel makes me feel like an integrated person Like, I'm not fractured anymore. My mind, my heart, and my body aren't pulling me in different directions. I feel like we're a team. We're all on the same page. That literally all parts of my being are brave companions to one another, just as you are brave companions to me and to each other. So with that being said, have a great week, day, moment. And until next we speak, take care, because I really, really care.
1: a slave without a master heading for disaster kicking up the dust in the middle of the road I've been waiting on a free ride ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound There I'll sit and I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin